Hi everyone. As a financial planner in the Bay Area, I get a lot of people who want to talk to me about getting their finances in order because they're preparing to buy a home. But in today's real estate market, it can be hard to figure out what to do. So in today's webinar, we're going to talk with my friend Brooke Baird. Brooke is a Bay Area native, and she's had a real estate license since 2005. She works with a lot of single women, alternative family households, and entrepreneurs. Last year, we did a popular webinar together called How to Buy a Home in the Bay Area Without a Gazillion Dollars, in which she shared with us different alternative financing programs for first-time buyers. So if you have not listened to that one, I recommend going back to it. Uh, so today we'll dive into a Q&A with Brooke, and at the end, I'll wrap up with some of my thoughts on financial ratios in order to figure out how much house you can afford. So Brooke, tell me. What is going on with the real estate market in the Bay Area right now? Oh, it's, I would say, uneven, which I think is what I said last time, but maybe even a little bit more. What we're seeing are definitely a lot more opportunities for buyers. There are a lot more properties sitting longer, not getting as many offers. We're actually seeing, you know, some sellers taking offers below list price, which was, you know, unheard of a few years ago. So there are a lot of opportunities for buyers. We're also seeing that buyers kind of know this and they're a lot more picky. So things that, you know, wouldn't have been hard to sell a few years ago are definitely more of a challenge now. And people kind of know when something's a good thing and are waiting for that. So some places, no competition at all. And then some of the homes that are, you know, just really dialed in check all the boxes there's still quite a bit of competition for gotcha is it like certain types of houses bigger smaller certain family homes that are kind of more competitive and other ones that are less so or is there any trends that you see in that regards i think in general three bedroom like three twos family homes like first time home buyer family homes if they're really in nice shape. Mm -hmm. So buyers are a lot more picky than they were in the past about, mm -hmm. you know, if there's a high pest or if the neighborhood is, you know, near a busy intersection or something like that, things that people would have overlooked in the past. It's yeah. really now got to check all the boxes. Got it. And what are some of the factors that are influencing property values right now? I mean, definitely the interest rates. I think the interest rates are the number one thing that's keeping buyers out of the market. And the lack of inventory, kind of the same story that it's been for a while. A lot of sellers are trapped in with a lower rate and just aren't in a position to move. So there's just not as much inventory out there, not as much movement. Okay. And so how competitive is the offer process at this moment? I think if you are getting in now, and you've been pre-approved and you feel comfortable with the numbers that you've been approved at, I think it's actually a really great time to be out looking because there are a lot more opportunities. And if you're willing to look a little bit beyond something that's got checks every single box or something that checks a lot of boxes, and then you, know, you can work on the ones that aren't so perfect, there's a lot of opportunities out there right now. Yeah, so it's not, it's a mix, you know, like, in the past where things might've gotten 14 offers, they might get three now. Hmm. 
Gotcha. But they're still they're still competitive. They're still you know a nice properties are still going over, but you do have more of a chance to to get in there and maybe maybe even get a counter offer if there's only a few offers. Like just be be a little more engaged in the process. With interest rates as they are today, are there strategies that you would suggest for like if a first time buyer came in? but was concerned about their affordability because of interest rates, what would you suggest? Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of different things you can do. You know, nobody has the crystal ball, but I know a lot of people are thinking rates have already just improved a little bit. If the economy stays somewhat steady, rates could go down in the next two years. I mean, not immediately, but, you know, hopefully we're kind of peaking now and they'll start trending down. So anything that kind of can get you some short-term relief. So we're seeing a lot of people request a seller buy-down of the rate. So the seller will just credit you enough to kind of make up the difference on, you know, say the rate was 7.5. We'll kind of make up the difference. So it's as if your rate was 6.5 for one year. Or the one we're seeing most often is a 2-1. So they will bring it, say it's 7.5 pay enough to bring it down to 5.5 in the first year and then 6.5 in the second year. And the hope is that during that time, you'll be able to refinance to a consistently lower rate. And that's a, that's a really good option because it really helps sellers to get, you can get the buyer's payment to someplace that they are comfortable with without having to lower the price to equal what it would be at like a 5.5 rate. So it's not a permanent solution, but you're kind of banking on something's going to change in the next two years. And, and this is what's going to get you through till you can refinance. Gotcha. So it's a little bit of a win-win on both sides is what it sounds like. It's a win-win on both sides. Yeah. And, you know, I think the only, the risk is just if the rates don't change, you know, and in three years, you're back at 7.5, then, you know, are you able to afford it? So you don't want to do that if at the 7.5 rate, there's absolutely no chance you could afford that. Right. Um, you want to do it if, you know, 7.5 feels like an uncomfortable stretch, but yeah. you could do it. Actually, that's really helpful. So on the seller buy down, are there, so are there other things that people are looking at? Other alternative ways to like get creative about this interest rate challenge for buyers? Another thing is, you know, and this has always been the case, a lot of folks looking at multi-unit properties, properties with ADUs. There's been a huge boom in building ADUs, accessory dwelling units, over the past few years. So a lot of them have that. A lot of properties now have a, you know, nice new, probably studio ADU, which you might be able to rent out short-term, long-term to offset your mortgage. That's a really nice um, option to have. So kind of looking at at different different options like that to just bring down the monthly payment and you know down the line maybe when you can refinance you'll decide that you want to take that space back and use it as your office or whatever but can help you out in the short term. So what strategies do you recommend for making a strong offer for a buyer? You know, with that, it's still kind of the same. If you think it's going to be competitive, doing as much research as possible upfront before you can submit your offer. The properties that are competitive, that are getting multiple offers, are still, you know, 
getting a lot of non-contingent offers, which means I think we talked about contingencies before. You're basically, if you submit your offer non-contingent, you're waiving your right to cancel the contract. You know, if you find something that you don't like about the condition of the property, if something happens with your loan, if something happens with the appraisal, you're basically waiving your right to cancel on for pretty much any reason. So you definitely don't want to go into that lightly. So same thing, if you want to put in a competitive offer, if you are know that this property is going to get more than one offer, doing as much research as you can up front, speaking with your lender, making sure that they're really solid on the numbers, making sure that they already have all of your documents, that they've fully underwritten your files, so there's not going to be any question marks. Working with your agent and looking at the comparable properties um, in the neighborhood so that you know that your price um, is solid, matches what's going on in the rest of the neighborhood, and there won't be an issue with the appraisal. Um, and then really digging through the reports that um, the listing agent provides, because for the most part, um, agents are still providing uh, home inspections, pest inspections, that kind of stuff. And then if you want to do anything else up front, you know, you can try and get in there before offer date to get any of those questions answered so that you can write with as few contingencies as possible. Got it. What would yeah. you say? I to kind some, of but... hate that. <laughs> um, <laughs> people could have contingencies, but that's the kind of the reality of where it, where it is. Got it. What would you say to somebody saying, look, I've been parking my money in cash because I really want to buy in the house the next one, two years, but these interest rates, they scare me. I don't feel like I can afford it. I'm just sitting on this. What sh is there anything they should be doing now? They know they want to buy a house, but. I actually think this is a great time to buy. You know, prices are coming down. You have more negotiating power. I think once the rates go down, everybody's going to jump back in. Uh, and you're not going to have the kind of leverage that you have right now. You know, you can change the rate. You can't do anything about your purchase price. So if you are able to get in now, I think, you know, you're going to look back and feel really smart in five years. On the idea being, yeah, you bought the house at what it is, but you can always refinance later, but you can't change the house of the price of whatever you, you can't change. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Okay. How about on the other hand, what do you say to people who bought their house a couple of years ago or back when rates were real low, they have an awesome 30 year mortgage at 3%, but now yeah. they're finding that, you know, they had another kid and they had this house or whatever reason, this house no longer fits their needs. What, what about them? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a tough spot to be in right now. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people are in that and that's, you know, part of the reason why we have low inventory at the moment. You know, you have a couple options you if there's any possibility that you can rent out the original property and just hold it for a while i think that's a great option um you could talk to your lender about possibly or and your financial advisor mm -hmm. um taking money out on that property doing a heloc or something like that you know to um have enough cash for your down payment on your new property and still keep that old property rented for the time being Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then, you know, on your, on the buyer side, kind of like once you're out there looking kind of all of the, the same things of just trying to get that rate down for a few years until hopefully things change. Got it. Yeah, that is a tough one, right? <laughs> it is a tough one, yeah. What is rental prices like 
you know, the amount that you might be able to get from rent or as a seller or as, as a land, as a house owner or as somebody who's saying, look, maybe I just want to wait a little bit. Maybe I should just rent. Mm-hmm. Rents seem pretty stable. I'm, I'm not seeing them go down. Gotcha. So I think it's a, it's a pretty decent market for rentals. Gotcha. Yeah. And okay. also with everybody not being able to buy so many people, you know, sitting out this buying time, there's, you know, there are quite a bit of, um, competition for rentals, more people looking at rentals. So that's keeping the prices pretty steady. Got it. In last year's chat, we talked about mm-hmm. how to access alternative financing programs. Are mm-hmm. there, can you, well, I mean, it probably makes sense. Can you kind of do a review of what's available and are, is there anything new uh, for coming into 2024? Yeah. Well, one thing, and I don't know if I shared this last time, I came upon a, a great resource. It's called, uh, down payment resource, actually. And mm-hmm. it's a website where you can log in and put in all of your information. And it brings up basically all of the down payment programs that are available to you. So it asks you a bunch of questions to figure out, you know, if you are first generation home buyer, there might be some programs. If you're a vet, Native American, a bunch of different criteria. And it'll just pop up all of the programs that are available. It's fantastic because even, you know, even if you're very familiar, it's hard to know all of the programs. There are Mm -hmm. so many different ones out there. So I've been using that quite a bit. It's called, it's just Mm downpaymentresource.com. I always send people there. There is a program called Home for All that came out last year where they used up all of the funds almost immediately within two weeks. It's a great program that gives you a 20% down payment up to a certain amount. I think it's up to 150,000 that you don't have to repay back until you sell the house. So there is, there are some calculations. It's a, it's a shared equity program. We could get into the details of it, but Mm -hmm. that's also fantastic for just giving you a bump up to a nicer property, a different property that you don't, you wouldn't have been able to afford otherwise. I was going to say, just taking that program as a, as an example, what kind of people would qualify for that program? Or in in these programs in general, like, I guess, like what kind of person? So this one last year, there were some income qualifications, but they, you know, they were pretty high. I think they were up to a hundred and, 20% 20% area median income, mm-hmm. which is decent in the Bay Area. And then I think that this next round of a home for all that's coming out is going to be only for first generation home buyers. So that's people whose parents have not um, owned a home in the past 10 years. Gotcha. Okay. So I they mix up the criteria, but. And there are a couple other different programs that are similar, shared equity programs, shared equity down payment programs that, you know, give up to, I think, you know, one is 250000 that just kind of boost your ability to get into more house. That's great. Yeah, yeah. coming and up with the down. Say, yes, coming up with the down payment is really hard really hard to save in the Bay Area, you know, if you're not not getting help. Okay. What if you're somebody who has a house 
and you're thinking, hey, you know, I'm done with the Bay Area, which many people are. Yeah, I'm done with the Bay Area. I want to leave. I want to sell. What, 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 what would you say from a seller's, like, how was the, how, how would you see the market from a seller's perspective right now? I'd say if you're, you are committed to leaving, I think now more than ever, it really helps to present your home nicely because people are really out looking for deals and you don't want your home to read as the deal. I think if it does, you're more likely to get offers under asking, have it sit. Um, the homes that I'm seeing competition with are the homes still that are really nicely presented. So I think it's worthwhile to put that effort in up front. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you so much, Brooke. That was really helpful. Uh, so I'm going to end this with talking about how to answer the question of how much house can you afford? So I would think about this in two ways. First of all, how much could you afford? Well, the ratio that most mortgage lenders use is that housing costs should not exceed 28% of your gross income. So that is one way to think about it. 28% of your gross income is how much house you can afford. You might also look at how much you're paying right now in rent or your mortgage and use that as a starting point. And that's really, these two things are how most people think about that question. But I would actually turn that around and ask, how much should you afford? First, ask yourself, how much do you need to save in order to reach your other long-term goals. For example, for most people, the biggest one is retirement. And I would advise that 20% is a good savings rate target. Then secondly, how much of your income is going to go away for taxes? So for my clients who are mostly tech professionals or self-employed professionals in the Bay Area, that number is usually around 30%. And that's for Fed, state, Social Security, okay? And then thirdly, how much money do you need to spend each month to live enjoyably today outside of housing, okay? And whatever's left is how much house you can afford. So that's my alternative view of trying to answer that question. I hope that's helpful. If you would like to chat or just bounce some ideas off of me or just use me as a sounding board, I am happy to do that. You can reach me at jenny at modernfamilyfinance.com. Thanks. Mm -hmm.